Welcome to the first exciting edition of Let Go and Let God, a podcast project where me, Jay, they, them, a non-binary lad, reads the Bible and reacts in real time. This project may evolve as we go. I was first thinking reading and writing responses and recording those instead, but I think to start, what I want to do is just read. I'm recording on January 31st at 10.15 a.m. When you are hearing this is going to be an entirely different question. I'm hoping that this will be an asynchronous audio experience episodes released during church hours every Sunday and recorded on Sunday, though I do reserve the right to record whenever I feel like it. I will be drinking coffee and drinking water, and I hope you'll excuse that. I'm trying to think about how to edit, how to make the audio of my voice reactions different than the audio of the reading, but we'll see how much I can do in real time. I may try and split the tracks and add different filters or something. We'll see. Modeled after the uh, Clear and Present Danger podcast where they audio filter quotes. So here we go. Starting from the beginning, we're reading from the uh, new international version. There's a whole preface uh, preface about what the Bible is, which I think is pretty funny. I'm going to skip that for now, but we may come back to that at a later date. Special episode. My plan will be to clock exactly 60 minutes of recording or as close to it, and uh, it's going to take us however long it takes us. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy. Genesis, the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now earth was a formless, empty darkness. <laughs> All right, take two. Genesis, the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Dude, that's such a banger opening. Like, damn. Shoot. God saw that light was good, and he separated the light from darkness. Okay, that should have been his first question before he said, let there be light. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, let there be expanse between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above it. And it was so. God called the expanse sky. And there was evening and there was morning, a second day. And God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land, and it gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the land produce vegetables, vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seeds according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruits with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning the third day. 
And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark seasons and days and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. And he also made the stars. God set them in the expanse of the sky to give light on earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, Let the water teem with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sky, and every living and moving thing with which the water teems, according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number, and fill the water in the seas, and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that move along the ground, and wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. You know, not to nitpick, but I'm pretty sure God called the shot on the non-gendered pronouns right there. Let them rule over the fish. Nice. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created him. Male and female, he created them. We're going to hold on to that them. We're going to keep it. We'll take it. We'll take anything. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the air and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I will give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw that he had made. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heaven and the earth were completed in all their vast array. But the seventh day God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it he rested from all the work creating he done. <laughs> because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Adam and Eve. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. When the Lord God made the earth and heavens, and no shrub of the field had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, but there was no man to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. And the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, 
trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. And in the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We all know where this goes. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there, it was separated into four headwaters. The name of the first is Pishon. It winds through the entire land of Havla, where there is gold. The gold of that land is good. Aromatic resin and onyx are also there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It winds through the entire land of Cush. <laughs> nice. The name of the third river is Tigris. That's an easy one. It runs along the east side of Ashur. And the first river is the Euphrates. That's also the easy one. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat it, you will surely die. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the fields and all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was his name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, and all the beasts of the field. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh, which is extremely rude. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. The men... The man and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Nice. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from the tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. We like this snake. We're always rooting for this snake. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves boring first mistake then the man and his wife heard the sound of the lord god as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the lord god among the trees of the garden but the lord god called to the man where are you he answered i heard you in the garden and i was afraid because i was naked so i hid and he said who told you that you were naked have you eaten from that tree i commanded you not to eat from the man said The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Now, Adam, that is uh, quite a uh, diffusion of your own responsibility uh, for taking some of that fruit and eating it. Mm. Mm. Mm -mm. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, "The, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Eve, Eve also got to take responsibility for your actions, girl. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all the wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. 
and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers, and he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. To the woman he said, I will greatly increase your pains in childbearing. With pain you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. That's a pretty harsh, that's pretty harsh. I don't know. Little, little overreact from God, I think, on this one. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. Since from it you are taken, from dust you are, and to dust you will return. Trauma Queen. Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all the living. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam ew, and his wife and clothed them. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. Us. Us who? He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. And after he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden. Take three. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden, cherubim, and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. A tiny baby, fat baby angel, and a flaming flashing sword. I love it. Adam lay with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, With the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? I mean, yeah, like that literally just happened. Like a minute ago, he gave you some fruit, which seemed like pretty chill. Okay, I like this this Old Testament wrathful God. He's the best. A little dramatic, but I like the commitment to the bit, I guess. Now Cain said that his brother Abel, now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Oops. The Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? (laughs) I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? Uh (laughs) good like father like son like father father they're all extremely dramatic because there's nothing else to do except be dramatic and get rejected for fruit offerings the lord said what have you done listen your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground then why did you fucking ask now you are under a curse and driven from the ground which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand when you work the ground it will no longer yield its crops for you You'll be a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, 
My punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land, and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer, and whoever finds me will kill me. But the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, he will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain, so that no one who found him would kill him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain laid with his wife, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Cain was then building a city, and he named it after his son Enoch. To Enoch was born Irad, and Irad was the father of Mahujo. And Irad was the father of Mahujael. And Mahujael was the father of Methushael. And Methushael was the father of Lamech. Lamech married two women, nice, one named Ada and the other Zillah. Ada gave birth to Jabal. He was the father of those who live in tents and raise livestock. His brother's name was Jabal. Jabal and Jubal. He was the father of all who play the harp and the flute. Nice. That's us. Zillah also had a son, Tubal Cain, who forged all kinds of tools out of bronze and iron. Tubal Cain's sister was Nama. Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, listen to me. Wives of Lamech, hear my words. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for injuring me. If Cain is avenged seven times, then Lamech seventy-seven times. Adam lay with his wife again, and she gave birth to a son and named him Seth, saying, God has granted me another child in place of Abel since Cain killed him. Seth also had a son and named him Enosh. All that time, men began to call on the name of the Lord. This is the written account of Adam's line. When God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them. And when they were created, he called them man, in quotes. When Adam had lived 130 years, he had a son in his own likeness, in his own image, and he named him Seth. After Seth was born, Adam lived 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Adam lived 930 years, and then he died. When Seth had lived 105 years, he became the father of Enosh. And after he began, after he became the father of Enosh, Seth lived 807 years and had other sons and daughters. Although, altogether, Seth lived 912 years, and then he died. When Enosh had lived 90 years, he became the father of Kenan. And after he had become the father of Kenan, Enosh lived 815 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enosh lived 905 years and then he died. When Kenan had lived 70 years, he became the father of Mahalalel. And after he became the father of Mahalalel, Kenan lived 840 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Kenan lived 910 years and then he died. Mahalalel had lived 65 years. He became the father of Jared. And after he became the father of Jared, Mahalalel lived 830 years, had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Mahalalel lived 895 years, and then he died. When Jared had lived 162 years, he became the father of Enoch. And after that, he became the father and after he became the father of Enoch, Jared lived 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Jared lived 962 years, and then he died. 
When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived 365 years. Enoch walked with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. That's a story that I'm interested in. What were Enoch and God up to? Just fucking chilling, doing their thing. When Methuselah had lived 187 years, he became the father of Lamech. And after he became the father of Lamech, Methuselah lived 782 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Methuselah lived 969 years. Nice. And then he died. When Lamech had lived 182 years, he had a son. He named him Noah and said, He will comfort us in the labor and painful toil of our hands caused by the Lord, caused by the ground the Lord has cursed. After Noah was born, Lamech lived 595 years and had other sons and daughters. Although Lamech lived 777 years, altogether Lamech lived 777 years and then he died. After Noah was 500 years old, he became the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. 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 When men began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful. True. And they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with man forever, for he is mortal. His days will be a hundred and twenty years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterwards, when the sons of God went to the daughters of men and had children by them. Oh, I get it. They were the heroes of old, men, men of renown. The Lord saw how many great men's wickedness on the earth had become, and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart were only evil all the time. <laughs> only evil all the time. The Lord was grieved that he made man on earth, and his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I have created from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move along the ground and birds of the air, for I am grieved that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Why? Oh, I think they're about to tell me. This is the account of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and walked with God. Noah had three sons, oh boy, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, 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 Japheth. I am accepting corrections if anyone wants to audio record uh, the right way to say these names. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth, so make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. 450 feet long, 750 feet wide, 45 feet high. Make the roof for it and finish the ark to within 18 inches of the top. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens, every creature that has the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife 
and your son's wives with you. You are to bring them into the ark. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, of every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and stored away as food for you and all of them. Is that a big enough boat? I guess there weren't that many animals then. And only animals local to the region, you know. No rainforest frogs are, are getting on this boat. Noah did everything just as the God commanded him. The Lord then said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Take with you seven of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, and two of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate, and also seven of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. Seven days from now, I will send rain on earth for 40 days and 40 nights, and I will wipe from the face of the earth every living creature I have made. Uh, okay. First, just take two creatures, but then it's also unclean and clean creatures. And also seven birds? Seven male birds and seven female birds? That's even more birds. <laughs> That's a lot of birds. But Noah did what he was told, and Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. Noah was 600 years old when the floodwaters came to earth, and Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Pairs of clean and unclean animals, of birds and of all creatures that move along the ground, male and female, came to Noah and entered the ark, and entered the ark as God commanded Noah. And after the seven days, the floodwaters came on the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, on the 17th day of the second month, on that day, all the springs of the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates of heaven were dropped, and rain fell on the earth forty days and forty nights. On that very day, Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, together with his wife and the wives of his three sons, entered the ark. They had with them every wild animal according to its kind, all livestock according to their kinds, Every creature that moves along the ground according to its kind, and every bird according to its time, its kind, everything with wings. Pairs of all creatures that have the breath of life in them came to Noah and entered the ark. The animals going in were male and female of every living thing, as God had commanded Noah. Then the Lord shut him in. For forty days the floods kept coming on the earth, and as the waters increased, they lifted the ark high above the earth. The waters rose and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the surface of the water. This book could use a little editing. Like, we get it. We get it. They rose gently on the earth, and all the high mountains under the entire heavens were covered. The waters rose and covered the mountains to a depth of more than 20 feet. Every living thing that moved on earth perished. Birds, livestock, wild animals, and all the creatures that swarm over the earth and all mankind. Everything on dry land that had the breath of life in its nostrils died. Every living thing on the face of the earth was wiped out. Men and animals and the creatures that move along the ground and the birds of the air were wiped from the earth. Only Noah was left and those with him in the ark. The waters flooded the earth for 150 days. Oh, rain for 40 days. 
and then flood for 150 days. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals. Good. Yeah, I should hope so. And the livestock that were with him in the ark. And he sent a wind over the earth and the waters receded. Now the springs of the deep and the floodgates of the heavens had been closed and the rain had stopped falling from the sky. The water receded steadily from the earth. In the end of 150 days, the water had gone down. And on the 17th day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. The waters continued to recede until the 10th month. And on the first day of the 10th month, the tops of the mountains became visible. After 40 days, Noah opened the window he had made in the ark and sent out a raven. And it kept flying back and forth until the water dried up from the earth. Then he sent out a dove to see if the water had receded from the surface of the ground. But the dove could find no place to set its feet, because there was water all over the surface of the earth. So it returned to Noah in the ark. He reached out his hand and took the dove and brought it back to himself in the ark. He waited seven more days and again sent the dove from the ark. He waited seven more days and again sent out the dove from the ark. When the dove returned to him in the evening, there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf! Exclamation point. Then Noah knew that the water had receded from the earth. He waited seven more days and sent the dove out again, but this time it did not return. By the first day of the first month of Noah's six hundred and first year, the water had dried up from the earth. Noah then removed the covering from the ark and saw the surface of the ground was dry. By the twenty-seventh day of the second month, the earth was completely dry. Then God said to Noah, Come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring out every kind of living creature that is with you, the birds, the animals, and all the creatures that move along the ground, so they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase its number upon it. So Noah came out together with his sons and his wife and his wife, his wife and his sons, all the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground and all the birds, everything that moves on earth came out of the ark one kind after another. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, taking some of the clean animals and clean birds. He sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of man, even though every inclination of his heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, Be fruitful, and increase in number, and fill the earth. The fear and dread you will fall upon all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the ground, upon every creature that moves along the ground, and upon all the fish of the sea, they are given into your hands. Everything that lives and moves will be food for you. Just as I give you the green plants, I now give you everything. But you must not eat meat that has its lifeblood still in it, and for your lifeblood I will surely demand an accounting. I will demand an accounting for every animal, and for each man too. I will demand accounting for the life of his fellow man. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed, for in the image of God has God made man. So this is just saying we're not allowed to eat other humans. (laughs) Cool. Thank you, God. As for you, be fruitful and increase in number, multiply on the earth and increase upon it. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that was with you, the birds, the livestock, and all the wild animals, all those that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth. I will establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be cut off by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. But God forgets that. 
I bet God regrets that later in uh, life. And God said, This is the sign of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you, a covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Whenever I bring clouds over the rain, whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. Whenever the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and all living creatures of every kind on the earth. So God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant I have established between me and all life on the earth. Hmm. Gay, rainbow, gay, rainbow, gay, rainbow. There's something there. Gay, rainbow. We just took it. We took God's gay rainbow. The sons of Noah who had come out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Jap. Japheth. Jap. Japheth. 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 Ham was the father of Canaan. Canaan. We'll go with Canaan. Like New Canaan. These were the three sons of Noah, and from them came the people who were scattered over the earth. Noah, a man of the soil, proceeded to plant a vineyard. Nice. When he drank some of its wine, he became drunk and lay uncovered inside his tent. <clears throat> After all that work on the ark, Chaboy deserves it. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw his father's nakedness and told his two brothers outside. But Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it across their shoulders. They took... Then they walked in backwards, covered their father's nakedness. Their faces were turned the other way so that they would not see their father's nakedness. When Noah awoke from his wine and found out what his youngest son had done to him, he said, Cursed be Canaan, the lowest of slaves will he be to his brothers. He also said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem. May Canaan be the slave of Shem. May God extend this territory, territory of Japheth. May Japheth live in the tents of Shem and may Canaan be his slave. After the flood, Noah lived 350 years. Altogether, Noah lived 950 years, and then he died. This is the account of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, Noah's sons, who themselves had sons after the flood. Oh, Boise. The Japhethites, the sons of Japheth, Gomer, Magog, Madai, Shavan, Tubal, Meshech, and Tyrus. The sons of Gomer were Ashkenaz, Rapath, and Torgmah. The sons of Shavan, Elisha, Elisha, Tarshish, the Ketim, and the Rodanim. This is like some dune shit. From these, the maritime people spread out into their territories by their clans within their nations, each with its own language. The sons of Ham, the Hamites, the sons of Ham, Cush, Mizraim, Put, and Canaan, the sons of Cush, Seba, Havala, Sabta, Ramah and Sabteca, the sons of Ramah, Sheba and Dedan. Cush was the father of Nimrod, who grew to be a mighty warrior on earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. This is why it is said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. The first centers of his kingdom were Babylon, Erect, Akkad, Kalna, and Shinar. From that land he went to Assyria, where he built Nineveh, Rehoboth, Rehoboth Ayr, Kala, and Rezin, which is between Nineveh, 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 no, Nineveh, 
and Kalah, that is the great city. Mizraim was the father of the Luddites, Anamites, Lahabites, Naphtuites, Pathrusites, Kaslaites, from whom the Philistines came, and Kaphtarites. Canaan was the father of Sidon, his firstborn, and of the Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites, Kirgashites, Hivites, Hivites, Archites, Sinites, Arvidites, Zimarites, Hamarthites. This is the most boring shit. I don't care. You can't keep track of any of this shit, and you're just going to tell me about it later if it's important. So why are we doing this? Later, the Canaanite clan scattered, and the borders of Canaan reached Sidon toward Gerar as far as Gaza, and then toward Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, and Zeboim as far as Lasha. These are the son of Ham by their clans, languages, and territories in the nation. The Semites. Sons were born of Shem, whose older brother was Jepeth. Shem was the ancestor of all the sons of Eber. The sons of Shem, Elam, Ashur, are Faxad, Lud, and Aram. The sons of Aram were Uz, Hul, Gether, and Meshech. Arphedax was the father of Shelah, and Shelah was the father of Eber. Two sons were born to Eber. One is named Peleg, because in his time the earth was divided. Okay. His brother was named Joktan. Joktan was the father of Almodad, Shelep, Harzamavith, Chira, Hadaram, Uzul, Tikla, Obal, Abimel, Sheba, got that one, Ophir, Havilah, and Jobab. Jobab. <laughs> All these were sons of Joktan. The region where they lived stretched from Mesha towards Safar in the eastern hill country. These are the sons of Shem by their clans, their languages, in their territories and nations. These are the clans of Noah's sons, according to their lines of descent within their nations. From these, the nations spread out over the earth after the flood. I feel like I know Genesis pretty well. All of this is like the popular stuff. Like we all know about this, the flood and whatnot. Adam and Eve. Abraham's coming up. The Tower of Babel. Now the whole now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As men moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used bricks instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower that reaches to the heavens, so that we wait so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the men were building. The Lord said, If as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. This is why it was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. And there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. This is the account of Shem. Two years after the flood, when Shem was 100 years old, he became the father of Arphaxad. 
just rolling my eyes and shaking my head at this point. And after he became the father of Arphaxed, Shem lived 500 years and had other sons and daughters. When Arphaxed had lived 35 years, he became the father of Shelah. And after he became the father of Shelah, Arphaxed lived 400 years, 403 years, and had other sons and daughters. When Shelah had lived 30 years, he became the father of Eber. And after he became the father of Eber, Shelah lived 403 years and had other sons and daughters. When Eber had lived 34 years, he became the father of Peleg. And after he became the father of Peleg, Eber lived 430 years and had other sons and daughters. When Peleg had lived 30 years, he became the father of Ru. And after he became the father of Ru, Peleg lived 209 years and had other sons and daughters. When Ru had lived 32 years, he became the father of Sarug. And after he became the father of Sarug, Ru lived 207 years and had other sons and daughters. When Sarug had lived 30 years, he became the father of Nahor. And after he became the father of Nahor, Sarug lived 200 years and had other sons and daughters. When Nahor had lived 29 years, he became the father of Terah. And after he became the father of Terah, Nahor lived 119 years and had other sons and daughters. After Terur, Terah had lived 70 years, he became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. This is the count of Terah. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran became the father of Lot. While his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in Ur, Ur of the Chaldeans in the land of his birth. Abram and Nahor both married. The name of Abram's wife, the name of Abram's wife was Sarah. Sarai, Sarai. We'll go with Sarai. And the name of Nahor's wife was Milka, and she was the daughter of Haran, and the father of both Milka and Iska. Now Sarai was barren, and she had no children. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, and the wife of his son Abram, the wife of his son Abram, and together they set out for Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. And when they came to Hardan, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. The Call of Abram The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Why the Lord said that to Abram, we do not know. I mean, someone may know. If you know, you can tell me. So Abram left, and as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai and his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moreth, Moreh at Shechem. At the time the Canaanites were in the land, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on towards the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent. And Bethel was on the west and I on the east. And he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. Then Abram set out and continued toward Negev. 
Now there was a famine in the land. Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while, because the famine was severe. As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, This is his wife. Then they will kill me, but they will let you live. Say you are my sister, so I will be treated well for your sake, and my life will be spared because of you. When Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that she was a very beautiful woman. And when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and she was taken into his palace. He traded Abram well for her sake, and Abram acquired sheep and cattle, male and female donkeys, manservants and maidservants, and camels. But the Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household and his household because of Abram's wife Sarai. So Pharaoh summoned Abram. What have you done to me? He said. Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I took her to be my wife? Now then, there, now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave orders about Abram to his men. They sent him away with his wife and everything he had. So Abram went up from Egypt to Negev with his wife and everything he had, and Lot went with him. <laughs> okay. Abram had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. From the Negev he went from place to place until he came to Bethel, to the place between Bethel and Ai where his tent had been earlier and where he had first built his, built his altar. There Abram called on the name of the Lord. Now Lot, who was moving about with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents, but the land could not support them while they stayed together, for their possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together. And quarreling arose between Abram's herdsmen and the herdsmen of Lot. The Canaanites and Perizzites were also living in the land at the time. Just a little flavor. Just a little flavor text there. So Abram said to Lot, Let's not have any quarreling between you and me, and between your herdsmen and mine, for we are brothers. It's not the whole land before you. Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right, and if you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Lot looked up and saw the whole plain of Jordan was well watered, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt toward Soar. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of Jordan and set out <laughs> a bold choice lot. Just, I'll take all of it. And set out toward the east. The two men parted company. Abram lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived among the cities of the plains and pitched his tents near Sodom. <laughs> now the men of Sodom were wicked and were sitting greatly against the Lord. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had parted from him, lift up your eyes from where you are and look north and south and east and west. All the land that you will see, I will give you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go walk through the length and breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. So Abram moved his tents and went to live near the great trees of Hamre at Hebron, where he built an altar to the Lord. At this time, Amraphel, king of Shinar, Arioch, king of Elisar, Kedor Lamor, king of Elam, and Tidal, king of Goyim, went to war against Barah, king of Sodom, Bersha, king of Gomorrah, Shinab, king of Adma, Shimeber, king of Seboim, and the king of Bela, that is Zoar. All these latter kings joined forces in the valley Sidim, which is the Salt Sea. For twelve years they had been subject to Kedor Lamor, but in the thirteenth year they rebelled. In the fourteenth year, Cato Lamar and the other kings, and the kings allied with him. In the fourteenth year, Cato, <laughs> the more I say it, the harder it gets. Cato Lamor, Cador Lamor, 
And the kings allied with him went out and defeated the Rephites in Ashtaroth, Karim, the Zuzites in Ham, the Emites in Shaveh, Kiriathame, and the Horites in the hill country of Seir, as far as El Paran near the desert. Then they turned back and went to En-Mishpat, that is Kadesh. They conquered the whole territory of Amalekites, as well as the Amorites, who were living in Hazazan, Tamar. Then the king of Sodom, the king of Gomorrah, the king of Adam, the king of Zeboim, the king of Bela, that is Zoar, marched out and drew up their battle lines in the valley of Sidim against Kedor Lamor, king of Elam, title king of Goyim. Didn't we literally just go over this? Amraphel, king of Shinar, and Ariok, king of Elisar, the four kings against five. Now the valley of Sidim was, I thought this said full of piss, was full of tar pits. We're coming up on our hour and it's clearly showing. When the king of Saddam, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah fled, some of the men fell into them and the rest fled into the hills. The four kings seized all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their food, and they went away. Now they also carried off Abram's nephew Lot and his possessions since he was living in Sodom. Okay, great. Bearing the lead a little bit there. One who had escaped came and reported this to Abram the Hebrew. Now Abram was living near the great trees of Mamre the Amorite, the brother of Eshcol and Anar, all of whom were allied with Abram. When Abram heard that his relative had been taken captive... He, he called out the 318 trained men born in his household and went in pursuit as far as Dan. <laughs> Dan. During the night, Abram divided his men to attack them, and he routed them, pursuing them as far as Hobah, north of Damascus. He recovered all the goods and brought back his relative Lot and his possessions, together with the women and the other people. After Abram f- returned from defeating <laughs> Kedor Lomer, and the kings allied with him. The king of Sodom came out to meet him in the valley of Shaveh, that is, the king's valley. The Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High, and he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hand. It's pretty good. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. Nice. The king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the people and keep the goods yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord, God most high, creator of heaven and earth, and have taken an oath that I will accept nothing belonging to you, not even a thread or a thong of a sandal, so that you will never be able to say, I made Abram rich. I will accept nothing but what my men have eaten and the share that belongs to the men who are with me, to Anur, Eshkal, and Mamre. Let them have their share. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. Reward. But Abram said, O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. The man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the heavens and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to take possession of it. 
But Abram said, O sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? Abram needs to stop asking questions. I feel like uh, he's he's tempting fate here. So the Lord said to him, Bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Abram brought all of these to him, cut him in two, and arranged the halves opposite each other. Ugh. The birds, however, he did not cut in half. Okay. The birds of prey came down on the car- Ew. The birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Adam drove them away. As the sun was setting, or Abram drove them away. As the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and they will be enslaved and mistreated four hundred years. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterwards they will come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your fathers in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here, for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking fire pot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Adam and said, To your descendants I give this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, Kenizzites, Cadmonites, Hittites, Perizzites, Rephites, Amorites, Canaanites, Girgashites, and Jebusites. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. Oh, this is this. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with your maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Well, if you insist. Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan ten years, Sarai took his wife. Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian maidservant Hagar, and he gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar, and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, You are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. <laughs> I put my servants in your arms, and now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your servant is in your hands, Abram said. Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. Oh, oh, I don't like this part. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to shore. Okay, great, useful. And he said, Hagar, certain of uh, Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she answered. The angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will so increase your descendants that they will be two numbers to count. The angel of the Lord said to her, you are now a child and you will have a son. You shall name him Ishmael for the Lord has heard of your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand against him, and he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. Wow. Woof. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That's why the well was called Bir Lahai Roy. It is still there between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son she bore. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. And thus concludes our first reading. We finished, uh, we'll start Genesis 17 next Sunday. Let go and let God. <laughs>